to stick it uh stick with the forwards for a second um david Krejci, he just continues to look more and more comfortable uh the 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 goal against the blackhawks just another shift where the Bruins were just they 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 were in motion without the puck. They were just doing whatever they wanted. The Globetrotters out there and and Krejci is the beneficiary of a, a a nice one touch pass from AJ Greer in the slot, and um, scores an old time slap shot one timer, which he tried to one up again tonight and did so. He did. But, you know, great goal against the Blackhawks. Uh, I think he had two goals against the Blackhawks, right? Oh no, one. One. Yeah, goal it was the, the game Blackhawks. before that he had two. Yeah. So four in his last four, or four in yep. his last three, four. Four in his last three, yeah. Yeah, four in the last three. So just thoughts on on uh, on him looking a little bit more comfortable, guys. Single handedly bringing back the slap shot. I, I tweeted that you know it's fun. It's funny because I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, Fluto Shinzawa wrote an article uh, in the Athletic about sort of like the the slap shot dying as a specifically like as a shot to to score off, it basically like. Okay, there's one timers on the power play, and defensemen will take slap shots, you know, to get rebounds or tips. But like, no one's taking slap shots five on five to score. And then all of a sudden, you get Krejci doing it twice in the last two games. You know, stepping into stepping into a one timer and then just teeing up the the old school '80s slapper like from the wing off the rush. Which, I mean, it was a good shot, but like, I, I don't know how that beat Vasilevsky. I'm sure he wants that one back. Um, but no, it's yeah, a low like, percentage shot right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, yeah, it was interesting because like I thought I would have figured he keeps that shot low because he had Zaka coming down the other wing, charging the net from the left side. So I, I would have figured keep that low and maybe get the rebound kicked out to Zaka. Um, instead, he just you know, puts a top corner. Um, but yeah, just in general, like good to see him with more jump and whether it was goals or assists or, or just better play, even without a lot of points, like we had talked about it, you know, he, there were times that he had looked a little slow and just not quite up to NHL speed. And I think you're seeing that change. And I think getting these goals, helps with that like it, it all kind of combines and and i think probably gets him into you know a better headspace where now he's playing with more confidence and you see that right like you're not teeing up that shot if you're down on yourself and you feel like you're playing like crap uh you tee up that shot when you have some confidence going and you're like yeah why not um so yeah the, i think you know it's i wrote this at the time when like when that second line was struggling. It's you can't say like they needed him to get going because again, they just keep winning no matter what they, they don't need anything, but uh, you did want to see him get going. Obviously he's going to be very important going forward. And and now, now you're seeing it. Well, Scott, one of the things I found really interesting about your one-on-one with Taylor Hall was that that was one thing that he talked about that people hadn't really been talking about. Um, And he, he's, like in a very nice way, subtle way, kind of just said like, oh, Krejci, you know, it's taken him a little bit of time to get back to NHL speed, like in the nicest way possible. And, I, and you know, it, it's true. It, it didn't, he didn't come back, re- not that he was off by a lot. Like you say, he's now he's at a hundred percent. Maybe he was at 85, 90%. But I just thought it was interesting that Hall 
did go there. And now we see the, the turnaround, I guess, or the, the step up back to where we know he can be and where he has been in the past, even more so. Some people over the years have annoyed the hell out of me when they're saying, oh, yeah, Krejci's not a goal scorer. Krejci, you know, like people who don't understand the role of David Krejci. But when he's scoring, guys, don't give me this shit. Don't, don't, don't do that anymore. But yeah, no, it it's nice to see him actually getting the the production um, and seeing him step back to a high level. I think this season, most people on this team are higher level than I can remember in a while. Um, like obviously Nick Foligno, uh, David Krejci is looking better right now. Uh, Jake DeBrusque looks great. Uh, you know, most people you can name on the team, you're seeing them play almost at their highest level. So, yeah, everybody's. Yeah, no, it's it. Connor Clifton. Exactly, yeah. Clifton's another one. Derek Forbert when he was playing, you know, it's. Linus Allmark. Yeah. Yeah, Lindholm yeah. Allmark. Like you can just keep going. I think when um when Scott mentioned earlier. Even though they're winning, it was you still kind of wanted to see Krejci pull through. I think it's because we all know, well, he's one of the major differences to the lineup this year. Otherwise, you know, if he's not playing to his capabilities, then how much different are they are they from last year? Obviously, you have Lindholm all year and whatever, but we just knew how important Krejci was to this to this team's aspirations this year. Um, so it's important to know that he was feeling good about himself, and I think he even said himself after maybe the Blackhawks game or the Flyers, but he mentioned that the NHL is like 90% confidence. Um, so, you know, he, he's feeling good about himself. Um, was from it the what, day I was behind him making like resting? You know what? Bridget, I think it may have been. I, <laughs> I got like pushed in the scrum, like right <laughs> behind him. And then I was just like, I saw myself on TV and I was not happy with the face I was making. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That, that, that may have been the scrum. I, I saw that in. Uh, from one David to the, to the next, I do want to quickly, uh, touch on Pasternak because he's, uh, he's third in third in the league in scoring third in the league in goals. And, uh, while he's been a top five scorer all season long, the goal production was probably a little bit less than maybe what he would want, but he's got three goals in his last two games. And, uh, he could have had like five or six goals tonight. So it looks like he's from a goal scoring perspective, he's about to start to take off here. I think, uh, again, just like we talked about with Krejci, the importance of Pasternak just all year, like having that elite guy. I mean, they have they have more than one elite guy, obviously, but uh, just kind of in a contract year, seems to be fully healthy to start the year for the first time in a couple. Um, just like just his game being taken to the next level here. Yeah, Andy uh, responded to a fan flipping him off. Monday night after his goal. How did I forget um, to mention that part? Yeah. Flor- Florida man flips off David Pasternak. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's been incredible. And like, he went through like this stretch where he, I think he had what, like one goal in a six game span or something, but he's still putting up assists. It's like, he's just making things happen, whether it's five on five power play, scoring himself, setting up like, He's, you know, he's been hanging. I mean, McDavid's, you know, put some a gap between himself and everyone. 
but he's been hanging right there with dry like all season. They've, you know, I think he's back within a point of him uh, after Monday night up to 29 dry settles at 30, depending on what the Oilers do. But um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's right there as one of the top point scorers in the league. You know, what was it? Three years ago when he was, uh, you know, wins a share of the, the Rocky Richard, maybe like the goal scoring might not be there. Well, you, you know, we'll see. He's what, like fifth or sixth in goals, but the playmaking, like he, I think he's taken that almost to another level where it, you know, he's not forcing a shot because he thinks that's his job. He's, you know, he's dishing all over the place to, to everyone and up to, uh, you know, I think it's 18 assists now. Scott, you got to look this up because you're our, our analytics guy, but how many expected goals does he have? Because I feel like he could have scored so many more than he did, and this is this is a Scott statistic, so I'll, I'll let you find that out. If you don't already know it, because I feel like I, you already know I it. I don't know it. I'll have to look <laughs> it up while you guys talk. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's he's he's third, third in goals with uh, 12 now. So he's third in the league in goals. Um, McDavid has 16. Bo Horvath has 14. And Pashnak is tied with a couple for 12. And then with points, he's 29. Dry Saddle's 31. McDavid's 35. Bridget, did you have uh, comments on, on Pashnak? Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of hard to like elaborate on it because it's kind of just easy for people to see how well he's playing. Like it's, it, I mean, he's, he's playing great. Uh, he just like, the rest of the team seems to be really enjoying his time. I, he's one of the reasons why Krejci came back. One of the reasons why Bergeron came back. Um, you know, they're all just kind of playing for each other right now. So pa- pasta is just kind of like he's pasta. It's hard to it's hard to really just say what people don't already just see on the ice with him. Well, I'll tell you who the biggest pasta fan right now is, and that's his agent. You know, I mean, he's about to he's about to be a free agent. He's going to be a top five score in the league right now. So his uh, agent's going to get a nice little percentage. Chunk. Yes, exactly. Yep. Pasternak is sixth in individual expected goals with nine point nine. I would point out that the different the most of the top goal scorers end up above their expected goals because part of why they're one of the top goal scorers is that they finish at a higher rate than you would expect. Ah, uh, see, there, there we go. Thank you, Scott. Um, another projected top goal scorer in the league, Nick Foligno, Uncle Nick. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I don't know. You're winding up. I was like, it's going to say Foligno. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Nick. He's just, he's just at it again. You know, the, he, he's, he parks his ass in front of the net after getting a puck, puck in the mouth during morning skate, get it stitches and. Uh, you know, again, the Bruins had a, we haven't really touched on their first period, but they didn't, they didn't play great in the first period tonight against Tampa. They, they had, they had sea legs a little bit, um, but they weathered the storm. No pun intended. Oh, you think they were like on a yacht out in Tampa or something? I don't know. I, I think they, I think they all chugged Dayquil or something. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> That's maybe, an maybe Brady's joke. does he, does Brady still have a yacht down there? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Felino's power play goal after Krejci's, uh, slap shot goal was it? Was it Felino's goal to give him the uh, the two one lead on the power play? Yeah. yeah. I mean, guys, this 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 guy just keeps bringing it. Uncle Nick is proving his doubters wrong. Well, by the way, it wasn't even just like you know power play goal in front of the net. He dove for it, 
like landed on his stomach. It was a full on like all out effort play. Yeah. And right after he sees a slap shot fly by him, the same thing he saw in a morning skate that got him all stitched up. He also had to go back down the tunnel at one point in the game. Yeah. Um, But he had four stitches from getting hit with a slap shot from Hampus Lindholm. And I, did you hear him talk after the game, Scott? Because he he said that it almost hit Strawman in the face, and then yeah. but it hit Felino instead. And he and Strawman told him, "I'm glad it hit you instead." <laughs> so yeah, so he's just a hockey player. Uh, he gets yeah. a few stitches, not gonna keep him out of the lineup, and he's still gonna dive head first. That's it for the puck and and try to put it in. By the way, w- worth noting that because you just mentioned Felino briefly going down the tunnel Trent Frederick also left the game and didn't return suffered some sort of upper body injury there's uh Bruins tweeted a photo of like the whole team celebrating in the locker room and he looked to have some sort of sling or something like around his arms so that's uh, that's interesting because he hit hip first into the boards it looked like he well I guess he hit his full side against the boards but yeah I think it was his left arm was kind of he definitely like jammed it as he crashed into the boards. So yeah, I was always worried at first that it was something with his hip. Um, just because like, like I said, he went his, that full left side went right into the boards. Yeah. So we'll have to see. So that's, you know, another something else to keep an eye on. Obviously if, uh, if he misses time, then that means either, you know, Craig Smith gets back into the lineup or maybe, Jacob Lauco gets recalled. You know, he's been down in Providence for a while now. So um, it would be unfortunate because I feel like Frederick's been playing pretty well and is, you know, ha- has been having one of his better stretches where regardless of what the, the points are, he's just been playing, I think, pretty consistently from shift to shift and, and bringing what you need him to bring, which is, you know, physicality, forechecking, He's been skating well. I think he's been making good decisions with the puck. So hopefully for him, not anything long-term. Yeah, he assisted on the coil goal too, um, yeah. like we mentioned earlier. So, I mean, that was a heads-up play to get you know the puck to coil down near the post. But, yeah, he's been playing better. Um, I did want to mention that he did, like, like you just did, that he didn't come back into the game, which is concerning, obviously. Um We'll probably find out more about it tomorrow. They have a game Wednesday against Florida on the road. So I I wonder if we'll see him that game. But um but yeah, I guess that could could complicate things because it's a road trip. So if you have to recall someone, you gotta get them on a plane and get them to Florida. But well, I'm pretty sure Craig- if you wanted Lauco. Yeah. I'm saying if you wanted Lauco. Yeah. Um yeah, Smith I think made the trip, but um, which maybe makes him easier, but is he is he fully recovered? And this is more. I think so. Yeah, I think he's ready to play, and he's he's just been out of line because Greer's been playing well, and I think Montgomery just hasn't felt any what was need his, to. What was his injury again? I forget what his injury was. Uh, he had some sort of upper body injury. I think actually, I think I he like, suffered a crack. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. Switching gears real quick, guys. Do you know who leads the Bruins in points the last two games with six? Yes, because I tweeted about him. You son of a bitch. Let's, Let's talk see if Bridget about... gets it. 
Okay. All right. Bridget, do you know who it is? Wait, what did you say? Six points? Six points in the last two games. It's not pasta? It's not pasta. Okay. Oh. Just just say it. <laughs> Chucky. Chucky Cheese. Oh, Chucky so Cheese. So it's just a sign. You know, I, we talked about Hampus Lindholm, rightfully so, all year in the absence of McAvoy uh, and just how you have a stud number one left shot defenseman. Um, you know, with with McAvoy getting six points in his last two games, I was I don't have it in front of me. If somebody wants to look up his totals on the year now, but he's probably got. If I had to guess, he's probably got what ten or eleven points in seven or eight games. Nine points in six games now. So he's over a point per game. So you, so you have you have Lindholm and McAvoy at over a point per game on the blue line, and it just goes to show that he looks like himself. The the first game against Calgary, he was rightfully so. He looked like he was a little bit out of sorts. He still played fine. Uh, and maybe even the second game back against Buffalo, I think that's who his second game was. But um, he just he looks to be back. The only thing we haven't seen out of McAvoy yet is one of his patented like you know um, you know body checks, stepping up on on somebody and, and catching him with an open ice hit. But I think that'll come when the opportunity presents itself. But from a skating perspective and moving the puck, and he seems to he seems to be uh, getting back to to who he is. Yeah, and on the power play, obviously, as soon as he comes back he pretty much gets all the time on the top power play unit. Um, and, and he's a good quarterback up there as well. So, and you want to know who I almost guessed was DeBrus because DeBrus had a few assists today and, and he had one last game too. So, um, yeah, I mean, DeBrus been playing well, like contributing points wise as well, but yeah. So Mac McAvoy, once again, is another one of those players where it's like, okay, he's kind of just doing the McAvoy thing. Like he, he's able to assist on the plays. He's not noticeable in the defensive zone unless it's for a good reason. Um, yeah. And he's, he's eating a lot of ice time, obviously. Like since he's come back, Clifton has gotten less ice time. Other guys have gotten less ice time. Lindholm still does get some power play ice time with the second unit. And I think the second power play unit looked really good today. Um, but yeah, he's, he's eating up the, a lot of minutes now and yeah. he's clearly able to, to handle them. And yeah, he was as soon as he came back. So. Yeah. He, he hit his highest minutes total yet on Monday, 23, 28 against Tampa. Um, you know, who else got a, a lot, a lot of minutes, Monday was Brandon Carlo, 2155. Um kind of got now I wonder if this is just like a matchup thing where you know Montgomery saw something he liked about where he thought Carlo would be better with Lindholm, better in, in a higher minutes role than Clifton. But those two kind of flipped and Carlo was twenty one fifty five, Clifton at seventeen thirty eight. Um, Carlo also had like two and a half minutes of penalty killing. Yeah. And and I thought Carlo had a, had a good game. I've been saying it for a while now. Like I, I just think game after game he's been really solid and just making good plays in the defensive zone. Um you know, I think we we know he's at this point like he's not going to be a flashy offensive player. You're not going to he's not going to be doing what Charlie McAvoy and Hampus Lindholm are doing, but you don't need him to. Like if he just keeps it clean in the G zone, that's that's all you want from him. And he's, he's been doing that and got rewarded with a bump up to the second pairing um, or, you know, one B pairing or whatever, however you want to classify it. Um, he got more minutes and it's, 
you know, it's, again, it's just another sign of the depth that the Bruins have on, on specifically, I would say among like their top five defensemen right now. And, you know, six of when Derek forward eventually comes back, but depending on the matchup, like Montgomery can ride different guys, different nights, you know, you'll see nights where Clifton's going to be above 20 minutes. You'll see nights where Carlo's going to be above. Grizzlick's had some fluctuation nights where he plays more if they need more offense or think they're going to be more in possession or his minutes might drop if they're, you know, uh, doing more defending or whatever. And yeah, McAvoy and Lindholm, they're going to be the two horses who are always going to get their minutes in any situation against any team. But, uh, you know, I think Montgomery's figuring out like what he has on everyone else and, uh, you know, when to kind of ride different guys. And um, just want to point out like Monday was, was kind of a, a Carlo game. And, you know, I think he, I think he met the challenge. Well, he had the most shots of any of the defensemen on the team. Uh, I, I mean, I can recall a few like slap shots he had, um, but yeah, so he was putting pucks on net uh, and, like I said, he had he had three shots. I was more than anyone else. And then Grizzlick and McAvoy both assisted on the the Krejci goal. Um, but yeah, that that was where that was where they were most noticeable. I guess I didn't think Strawman had a bad game either. Um, but he only ended up with 10, 10 minutes, just over ten minutes, um, which is not. To unexpected, he's been getting the fewest minutes um, of any of the defensemen when he's been in. So, yeah, it was nice to see Creed Bratton in that that locker room picture with uh, Bergeron afterwards. If you want to zoom in and and see him there, um, yeah, it's it's the the team's playing well. I think Matt Grizzlick is a guy that we haven't really talked a whole lot about this year, just because he's been so solid. And it's we kind of forget that he was out to start the year too, um, and came back early from injury. So every the the versatility you have on the back end, like Scott, you alluded to, it's just um, it's great because because you have there's there's the matchup game is uh, is prevalent in the playoffs as well. Like if you look back at the Bruins 2019 Stanley Cup playoff run, first round against Toronto was completely different than second round against Columbus, right? Like. Toronto went seven games and you were on the verge of elimination on Easter Sunday in Toronto. Um, but it was a different type of series. Like there was definitely more wear and tear on their bodies against Columbus. That was more of a, uh, a blue collar team. And then you go and play Carolina who wasn't really ready yet. That was more of a Toronto style series. Again, you swept them. And then obviously St. Louis was a very, very tough series, but you get different opponents over seven games in the playoffs. It's good to have, different D combinations that you can go to depending on who you're playing and what matchups you have, if you're on home ice or way um, and whatnot. So yeah, everybody's, everybody looks good. I want to make a point, another point about the defense, just after, you know, quickly looking through some of the, some of the stats from the game. I Grizzly didn't get really any special teams time. He didn't get any time on the penalty kill. He had like 12 seconds on the power play. Strawman also no time on special teams. So that's going to the other guys. Yeah. And you know, you don't ideally like you don't really need Grizz like getting special teams time. You know, I'm sure he would like to be on the power play obviously. And he's done a fine job on the power play in the past. But if you have McAvoy and Lindholm in the lineup, like those are the guys who are going to be, 
quarterbacking your power play units and they don't they don't play two two D power play units. Both units are one D four forwards and and sometimes you know, no D. Yeah. And like maybe that would change later in a game if you're protecting a one goal lead. Like maybe you throw two D out there, but um yeah. Or if, or you if, go if everyone else monk- is healthy, Grizzlick's not playing on the power play. And you don't need him on the penalty kill. Like you, you have other guys who can do that. It's not, he, he can do it, but it's not really a strong suit. So I almost don't even necessarily think it's like an indictment of Grizzly to not get I don't think so. special teams time. I just think, and we know Grizzly's good five on five. So like optimize, optimize your lineup and get him those minutes. He's, you know, I think he's going to be the first guy out after a lot of power plays or, or penalty kills. By the way, Scott, you're thinking the opposite of Montgomery. If it's if it's late in the game and you're up by one, you step on their throat. You go five guys on the five forwards on the power play. Try to put it away. You gotta you gotta step on the dragon's throat. I'm sure he would say. Um, <laughs> you know what's funny though? You, you look at the as it pertains to Matt Grizzlick and the and the, the lack of power play time. If you if you pull up the Bruins' individual stats this year, um. Hampus Lindholm is second on the Bruins in points behind Pasternak. He's tied with Bergeron for 18 points. So Hampus Lindholm has 18 points in 19 games. As we mentioned earlier, Charlie McAvoy has nine points in six games. If McAvoy had played 16 games or 17 games like everybody else this year, um, he's probably second or third on the team in scoring. So if you're Matt Grizzlick, you're you're behind you know, two, you know, two defensemen that are two that could have been two or three in scoring. So it's, it's, it's tough for him to break through in that aspect of the game right now, but they don't need him to. And I think he can just kind of focus on, on what he has to do. And and I think, I think at times in the past, Grizzly has gotten a little bit worn out. And I think that to manage his minutes over the course of an 82 game season is probably not a bad thing for him. 